Okay, welcome to Autonomous Unity on the Solidarity with Autonomy Network to Swan. Today we are wrapping up the uh, Q&A on Tradition 11. Uh, we should be back uh, very shortly. Bill and I are going to discuss some things, but uh, either with uh, the, the 12th Tradition questions or some Q&A that's actually come in via Radio Free NA on uh, complete abstinence. Uh, and we're not going to get into the, all the hows and whys today because that's a long discussion in itself, but we will have one of those two podcasts for you next after this one. Uh, uh, oh, if you're not a member of NA, please uh, tune out at this time. This is just in keeping with our traditions uh, so that our internal discussions do not become public fodder. Uh, and remember that uh, anybody who speaks on here, this is sometimes our opinion, hopefully our experience, strength, and hope. Nobody else says none of us speak for N.A., uh, nor is this a direct service of N.A. This is just members of N.A. having a conversation. Those are all of the statements or disclaimers. I'm going to turn the time over to uh, Bill to pick up with the Q&A where we left off, and I'm extremely sick, so I promise this a lot, and maybe it won't happen, but I'm going to try and be a little more quiet than usual today. It's all yours, okay. Bill. Where we ended up last week, we discussed... Uh, 22, what is the difference between public relations and public information? We did discuss that question. And now we're going to 23, which says, okay, so it's 2008 now. We have the Internet. NA members start up discussion groups such as this one. NA members are part of chats where they are open about being NA members. Members on Facebook with pictures of conventions or pictures of NA T-shirts, etc. Members with blogs who write about their right their recovery. How does this go with the traditions? Uh, well, the first issue is uh, we can't control, uh, you know, these addicts that are, are doing this stuff, okay? That's the first issue. It's just like when we, years ago, when our, our area used to put NA, t, put NA on the T-shirts, okay? And we didn't know its effects, okay? And how it uh, affected us as a whole. Uh, the one day I was going to work early in the morning, and I was I was taking the bus, and uh, went down to the bus stop, stopping from the used to be the Hilton Hotel in downtown, and here's this attic laying there uh, on the street there, which I knew him because he was an NA, and there he is shooting heroin, and uh, big NA on his chest, and it dawned on me that this affects us as a whole by us putting that T-shirt out there, and it was the 4th East Coast Convention. And it's the last T-shirt that our area, at that point in time, had put on NA on, on a T-shirt ever again because I took a picture of it and uh, showed the area. I said, now here's what, how we affected, how we affected Narcotics Anonymous. And when people are going by there, and, and uh, a lot of people are taking the bus, and they see this attic there, with Narcotics Anonymous written on his chest, shooting the heroin. I said, how does that, how does that look to the public? How are they perceiving us? And we're the people who put it on the shirt. He might have been the guy that bought the shirt from us, okay? But it, we're the guy that put it there. So shouldn't we take responsibility in not having our name on any anything like that ever again? And uh, the groups had discussed it. The groups come back and said, yes, we are the ones that are violating the traditions. Uh, the individual, uh, he chose to leave N.A. Uh, he didn't look like, I mean, he didn't care what he had on, okay, basically, because he was 
you know, back in the down and outs, and he was uh, living on the streets again, you know, shooting dope. You know, with, uh, so it's not him, it's us who violated that principle, and that's the same thing on these sites. These individuals that set these sites up, these individuals that are out there doing this don't know uh, the harm that they can do by other people's perception. But it, it comes down to the group. Uh, you know, the group itself cannot violate these principles. But we as members of a group have to take literally a look at that and say, hey, are we violating these principles in the name of Narcotics Anonymous? And we need to look at it and we need to uh, review it. And these are discussions I think need to happen in groups uh, to clear up this mess because I know a lot of these members have long-term clean time that are on there and doing these things and openly uh, getting involved in conversations that, uh, you know, uh, that can affect us as a whole. And uh, so I think it, the groups have to have this discussion. The groups need to take a look at it and say, how are we affecting Narcotics Anonymous by this behavior is if we declare ourselves as a member of a group. And I think it needs to be discussed in the groups to look at it and take inventory. Are we affecting NA as a whole by by this behavior? But there's nothing that we can do in stopping people that are uh, setting these things up. Uh, it's like I talked with somebody about this uh, a couple days ago, and I said, you know, uh, and it's, it was on a phone call with somebody that I really didn't know, never met him, but he's talking to me about issues, and he's and he was. He said, you know, he basically stays off Facebook because of this stuff. And uh, I said, and I went and I turned around. I said, you know, it could be a great tool for us uh, to get information out there on what we're doing if we could learn how to use that tool uh, for the betterment of the whole. You know, without individuals uh, on there, but had you can actually set up. Uh, uh, for an area or a group, you can actually set up a, a Facebook differently in a in a business sense, okay, uh, where you could do a lot more with it and get this information out there and uh, make sure that the only discussion board is there, how to find us. This is where you find us at. And uh, if you have any information, if you're seeking information, uh, type in what you're seeking and we'll get it to you, okay? And you can use these as tools. You know, but we have to be very aware of it or how we're using it. And uh, that got to be discussed within the groups and uh, directing, if, if it's an area body, directing the area body to do research and set something up like that to do a public information tool on Narcotics Anonymous. And he said, well, he never thought about that. And I said, well, you have to look at how we can benefit by these here new tools that we have out there to get the information out there that we exist. And... Uh, you know, how, how can we set it up for that to happen in a, in a positive manner? You know, and that's, uh, this, these other issues are all personal issues here, the way this question is worded. And we have to be very aware of it, as, and, and that's why it's still going to be talked in groups, okay? You know, uh, when it says we're open about being NA members, yes, it needs to be talked about in groups, and because if, when you're openly talking about being an NA member, uh, you know, it's like I said, I don't even allow my family members on my Facebook. I don't allow anybody. I, I scan pages to make sure if I'm approving you has uh, to be able to access my Facebook 
that you don't have family members on your Facebook. Okay, they're not NA members. That I do purposely, and I don't spend hardly any time on my Facebook at all, ever. I scan Facebook groups. I see what's going on, and that's how I got a hold of these Canadians was I scanned the groups. I saw one guy that was actively on there pretty often and was talking about it. I've been talking about doing a history weekend up in Canada. So I contacted him, and that's how I got in touch with this other guy now in Canada. Uh, but I do scan it, and I look at what's going on out there and find out, and I see if there's people out there that are doing, basically doing what we're doing in the traditionalist sense, and, and uh, they're opening themselves up to being hammered and stuff openly on Facebook. I contact them through uh, FaceTime and to see if I can get their email and their phone numbers and stuff, and then I contact them personally. I don't have discussions on Facebook about these things with them. I do it privately. And, uh, and now I'm helping them basically on what type of history day they, they want and how to get it together and what we can help them provide. You know, and then I'd be willing to come up there and bring my archives up. And uh, I told them I'd like to, you know, be able to share at two different workshops while I'm there also, okay, in the workshops I'd like to be able to share at. And, you know, so we're dialoguing about what's the importance, typical times in history, timelines and stuff like that. So I send them all the information. I send them the facts. But I don't do that on Facebook, okay? I do that privately through phone calls and emails, you know, my discussions with, with people. And I, I don't like getting in dialogue on there because of that. And that's my own, that's my personal preference, but I think it's the best part. I mean, uh, it's where I met Ryan here. I met him through scanning Facebook, and then I've, we contacted one another and talked. You know, uh, how I do things. And uh, But with this NA t-shirts and stuff, the, the area's got to take a look at it. The group's got to take a look at it and say, is, why are we even putting NA on, on these things? Because it's not private members that are putting it on. It's it's these committees that are out there raising funds putting this on that are supposed to be directly accountable to groups. And that's where the discussion has to happen with this type of uh, NA paraphernalia. It's also marketing our, our logos that World Service is doing that's affecting us as a whole. And then the discussions we have to have within the groups and say, hold it, we even want to participate with this here. And, and how can we uh, minimize it from happening? And the groups have to take that responsibility there. You know, and, uh, so that's a discussion you can have within your groups, talk within group conscience, and look at the effects it's having. And you can see the effects on these groups. You know, so ever come up with that question there, okay, I don't know if I answered it in the best, I mean, I gave it to the best of, of the ability that I have knowledge in, but I, I didn't, uh, I don't know if I covered every aspect of it. So open it up to the floor here and see what people have to say there. Anybody? Uh, yeah, I'll speak up even though I'm trying to be quiet here. Yeah, I, I think you did really well to address that fact. I mean, this is, um, I want to address something that, that's a concern in all the traditions, and I haven't heard it said in a while, but it used to get said a lot, and I'm sure it still does just in circles I'm not in, but this whole idea that people will say, well, the traditions are for the groups. They don't apply to individuals, or the traditions are for the groups. They don't apply to service bodies or employees. Um, it makes me want to ask people, have you read the traditions? The tradition we're talking about today addresses individuals specifically. 
Um, you know, the, there there are traditions that address the service body specifically, that address the employee specifically, but this idea that these are only for the groups and and it, 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 it's it's BS. It, it's only the groups have certain authority to enforce things uh, as far as service bodies and and employees, and they should. There's nowhere nobody has the authority to enforce these traditions on the individual. It's why they're called traditions, and uh, it, it's very important uh, that we recognize all of us. The only way these traditions get followed is is for each one of us to follow them. And and sometimes we need to share with people, hey, no, this is what this tradition means, and have an open discussion about it. A lot of times people don't even understand what these traditions are saying. They don't understand that they were set up uh, in certain traditions that address the groups, and then it moves on to the the, the employees and the service body. And the, but, but the entire time it's addressing everything that the groups direct, and there's nothing uh, – uh, the reason – uh, that maybe a seventh tradition doesn't apply to a service body isn't because they're free to break that tradition. It's because they don't have authority to collect funds on their own to begin with. They're not supposed to be self-supporting. We've discovered that. We've discussed that in other podcasts, and, and people are getting that backwards. It's imperative that we all follow these traditions on our own. And, and I'm going to be honest, the, the hardest tradition for me to stop consciously breaking was this one with the T-shirts because it's not press radio on films, but I could not stop buying those T-shirts. And the last T-shirt I bought was at a traditionalist event, and it was years ago. Uh, and I'm not going to say where it was because hey, they were good people putting it on, and their hearts were in the right place, and it was actually a heck of an event. And, and nobody does it perfect anyway, but so much was done right there. But I could not resist buying this T-shirt, and it had N.A. Biggest Day on it. I've still got the shirt even though I can't wear it anywhere now. Um, but that's a hard one to stop breaking, it, it, and that, that was the hardest one for me to. to I, I love those those shirts, but those committees aren't going to print them if we're not asking for them. If there's not a demand for them, we need to we need to educate people. Um, and these are traditions. We we cannot enforce things on the individual, and, and if they ever became that, we would never survive. We cannot have uh, any kind of government, but. Uh, you know, this does exist, and, and people wearing T-shirts, I, I, you know, we, we don't consider when an addict goes back out, a lot of times they just get rid of the shirt. They might throw it away. They might, who knows, do they end up in thrift shops? Do people buy these T-shirts that maybe it says NA on it and they don't know what it means? I I, I want to, I'm going to really try and be quiet, but I want to relate a funny story, but it, it's very true. So So back when I was using, when I would use a, a drug of the liquid variety, one of the shirts that I love to wear was this shirt that uh, it said, uh, and it was an actual, I had a buddy who worked there. It was an actual official shirt. The, the, the P, it had a big badge-looking thing on the front. It said, Utah Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control. I loved to drink in that shirt. Um, <laughs> had, I known, had I known what Narcotics Anonymous was, uh, had I seen a, a, a shirt that said Narcotics Anonymous on it or another fellowship on it, you best believe I'd have been using it in that shirt. I would have thought it was hilarious. People can get a hold of these shirts that have nothing to do with our fellowship because they do end up out there in thrift shops. They do uh, end up places where people have access to them secondhand or whatever. Hell, Nas has them online where you can buy NA logo stuff and not even be a member of NA. Um, uh-huh. they, they, do, they do end up out there like that. Um, 
and it's in the same vein, and I, I, I like there to be a little humor in these, and it is a humorous story, but it's 100% true. I used to work with this cat, uh, and by that, I mean back when I was working facilities for the government. This wasn't even a drug facility. I, I had a guy in there, and uh, we were playing basketball one day. He was wearing shorts, and I noticed this tattoo he had on his leg, and uh, it was the AA symbol. It was just a, their little triangle inside their circle. And I, I, I asked him, I said, are you a member of AA? He said, no, why? I said, that two tattoo on your leg, where did you get it? He said, I never even knew what that was. He said, you, he said I've never known what it was. I got drunk and passed out one night, and my buddies tattooed it on me. It, it was this joke. They thought it was funny. Somebody must have at some point had affiliation with that, but they tattooed this other fellowship symbol on him because he was drunk. And it, it's that's the mentality of using addicts. I, I, that's the mentality I had. I thought that type of stuff was funny when I was using. And uh, you best believe if I could, if I knew what NA was at the time or what I found the NA shirt, I'd have used it in an NA shirt for the whole world to see. So when we're producing this stuff too, sometimes our intent might be good, but it, it, it does end up out there uh, where, where people who have other intentions or who may not even know what it means could end up wearing this stuff one day. <laughs> I'm I'm sick. I'm probably rambling even more because I am sick and my head's not straight. So I'm going to turn it back to you, Bill, or, or the floor. Well, it's comical. You just put the, about the World Service, okay? All right. Uh, they still got uh, stuff online with Walmart, okay? All right. Uh, so our logo is on on. You know, basically, Walmart is, uh, uh, you know, they're still marketing our stuff through Walmart, okay? Yeah, I know they've had affiliation with several uh, large chain-type stores. Well, I know they used to do it with Sears, too, okay? Yeah, that was one that I was first aware of. Sears had all the jewelry and everything online there, okay? Uh, you know, and that's being done through, uh, you know, the corporation doing stuff like that. You know, the, but here we're talking about the, the Internet and uh, members and their participation in these groups and the T-shirts and et cetera that are being online and, uh, you know, people's uh, pictures basically uh, being violated in that sense with, because, uh, uh it's like I said, I go through anyone that's approval, but I know uh, there's a lot of people I did not approve when I went on their Facebooks and checked them out. And yet, uh, because there are a lot of non-NA members on their Facebooks and stuff, and they set them up where they're dealing in NA and with family members and, and other friends and stuff outside of NA or on their Facebooks. And I don't uh, approve these people because of that. I got private messages. Why aren't you approving me? We are friends. Yeah, we're friends, but your 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 Facebook, to me, I'm not willing to communicate with the open world when I'm talking about Narcotics Anonymous. Okay, I I take that literally as uh, you know important to me in that area. Uh, it's like I said, the way I use Facebook and and some of the medias, uh, I the only place I feel comfortable. In basically is radio free because it's a closed group, and it, you have to be an NA member to be on there. And uh, you know, uh, 
I know the monitors, uh, since I'm one of them, okay? And I we approve, and, and uh, you know, we keep a, a type of discussion going there. And uh, But you can't access that site unless you're approved to be in there. And uh, so there's a different, you know, format there. And it's a closed site, where these other ones are a lot of open sites, a lot of open, regular people on them. And we have to be very aware of that stuff when we do these things, you know. Uh, you know, and it's 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 a, a touchy area that we deal with, okay. You know, and and that's why I said it needs to be in groups that we need to discuss these issues and talk more in depth about them. So, is there anybody else here? Any any anyone uh, group that wrote this here question here? That we'll move on to. That. Yeah, it's a very detailed, good question, and it, honestly, there is no. Um, that's one that home groups need to get together and discuss this question. I think take it to your home group if you're listening. Hey, have your home group do a group conscience on this. Well, I'm sorry, but I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead, there, brother. Now, who was going to talk there? No, I, I think I was the only one who interrupted you, Bill. You go okay. ahead, bro. Okay, okay. I want to make sure. And 24, how has social media affected NA as a whole by addicts not protecting their own personal anonymity? Uh, it can affect us as a whole and some of the things that we were discussing here, okay? Uh, you know, social media is one that people need to realize when they're using social media. Uh, you know, it's another one of them that the groups need to discuss within the groups. And, and I know you're going to have... Uh, people in the group saying, hey, you can't tell me what to do. And it's, it's not telling people what to do, it's discussing it, and our responsibility as NA members when we're getting ourselves involved on these uh, social medias that we're not violating anonymity on there, especially someone else's, okay? Uh, and it needs to be discussed. And how do you discuss it without being, I mean, you have to look at it and say, hey, it's an issue that can affect us as a whole. How are we going to look at it, and how are we going to discuss it? Because, uh, I mean, I'm talking about people with many of yours clean on there that are uh, making us look like a mockery, okay? You know, I mean, there's things where I said to people, do we really need to go there? All right? I don't think we want to have this op this debate openly. You know, you want to call me, we'll talk about it. Okay, but it's not a place openly to be having this talk, you know especially when they're getting into character assassinations and stuff like that. We look like a mockery. We, do, we don't look like we're uh, responsible, productive members of society when we engage in this behavior. We look childish. And the people are looking and, and, and researching stuff and saying, hey, do I really want to send my child there? Do I really want to send my spouse there uh, or my friend to that fellowship? And look how they're acting here. And like I said, there's so many people that are on these inter on these here sites that are not NA members that are watching us. And so we have to be very aware on our behavior. You know, and uh and I still think it's so an issue needs to be talked amongst the groups. And the and the members itself have to police themselves in that area. You know, uh we cannot police them. They need to police themselves in that area. And how they police themselves it needs to be talked about within the groups 
and just the awareness got to be brought up. I think it's the awareness that's more important than anything is, uh, you know, how does social media affect NA as a whole by, by person, and it should be personal members not pr- protecting their own personal anonymity on these social medias. How does that affect us? Should be discussing the groups and discuss in a manner how do we protect ourselves from looking childish on these sites. I mean, and, and you know, when we know there's a lot of not any NA members that are on these sites and got this stuff going into their, I mean, you hit on these Facebook groups and you post something and it says you can post it to, to your friends. Well, your friends, if you look at a lot of these sites, if you do that there, a lot of them have friends that are not NA members that this is going into their sites. And we don't look too healthy there, okay? Uh, you know, the dialogue is childish behavior at times. You know, and uh, you can't go back and and uh, say, well, I made a mistake here. Uh, you know, it's, when the cat's out of the bag, it's out of the bag. You know, and how do you make amends in that situation when you harm so many people then, when you acted this way in public? You know, and the way I look at it, it's the same thing when you go into restaurants after the meeting and a whole bunch of you go to the restaurant, what's your behavior and stuff like that. That got to be, I mean, that we talked about in our group conscience because our group was doing that on a regular basis. We were leaving the meeting afterwards, going and hanging out in the, in the, a restaurant where they had the bottomless coffee pot. We sit there and drink coffee all night and, and talk. Well, we, we talked about these issues. Hey, what's our behavior when we're in these facilities? You know, we're, we're there. We're not, we, we, you know, first of all, we try to get a table that's away from everyone in the restaurant. Okay, we ask if, you know, even though that part might be closed, we ask if we could sit there because we're a large group, okay? And uh, we talk about our behavior and stuff before we go there and how we should conduct ourselves in the public like, like that. You know, and what what uh, should we be using a lot of Narcotics Anonymous uh, and mentioning Narcotics Anonymous in our discussions there. Uh, you know, and we we basically police ourselves in that area. It's the same thing on the Internet. We have to police ourselves on the Internet and, and watch what we're saying, how we're saying it, and that needs to be discussed in the home groups. You know, I totally believe it needs to be discussed in the home group that if we're going to participate in this stuff, you know, how are we... Uh, acting on these sites are, you know, are we respecting other people's anonymity to start with? Uh, you know, are we open to have that discussion in an adult fashion is what needs to be talked about. You know, I, I think it's more information for groups to take a look at. You know, and that's where I'm at at it. That one also, okay? Yeah, I, I want to even go a step further with what you said, Bill. Um, I'm 100% on board, and I'm glad you talked about what people on the outside see when we argue, because that's one of the first things that came to my mind is how we treat each other in these forums oftentimes. Um, and I, I say we um, – that's just why I've always been cognizant of from the beginning. I don't know that I've never been guilty of, of going down the wrong path, but it's something I've always tried. It's something I've actually been good at, which is not always the case. Um, but – it's not even just the people outside our that, that that tradition doesn't say the people outside our fellowship, which is a big part of it. What is the newcomer seeing when the newcomer uh-huh. comes into Narcotics Anonymous and and they see us on there having a, a, a valid discussion about a tradition or 
something about services and and I'm gonna use the language because it needs to be it needs to be shocking because this is what what the new newcomers are seeing. Fuck you, you fucking piece of shit. You don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. You you know you don't even know that Nas and the World Service Office aren't the same fucking thing. These are things I've actually seen on you know you dumb uh-huh. ass piece of shit. This this is the stuff newcomers are seeing, and this is the loving fellowship right. they're supposed to be coming into. And let's take it a step beyond the newcomers because how many old timers have we run out of the rooms intentionally or unintentionally uh, because of disagreements or, or, or thinking that the traditions, and I say we, I'm just talking, when I say we, I mean as a fellowship, thinking that the traditions are antiquated or that they need to be modified by concepts. And, and there was one that I said, and I did not, uh, I got this secondhand, but it was an actual uh, a copy, copy and paste from the, the website, uh, and it was years back. I can't remember exactly who it came from, um, but it was a copy of a conversation where they were talking about now that they finally ran out all the old-timers, things are going great, and they can interact better with uh, the, the the treatment centers and the DRTs. And all, you know, it, 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 sometimes there's actually a conscious effort either on the Internet or, or not, but this is posted on the Internet. Now that we finally got rid of all the old-timers, and run them out of the rooms. We're free to make this thing better and not be bound by, you know, I don't think they mentioned the tradition specifically, but the, you know, the, the, these old codes of conduct or whatever it was. It, it, and it's not, we, we are literally, there's, there's meetings, uh, in California that uh, that I'm aware of that, uh, well, one that I'm aware of that uh, they don't participate in world uh, and, and, but they have been so ostracized that some of these meetings that have withdrawn from the service structure are skittish. They don't want to be involved with any any services. They don't want to even look at things like uh, as is in the fellowship service conference because they've had such a bad experience. But that's not what ha- that's what happens in, in in areas and regions where there are a lot of people with with thirty plus years. Uh, they sometimes get run out of the rooms, or, or they try to. They they at least can band together. I, I know addicts all over the nation who who can't go. Feel like I, I feel like they can't go to a meeting because they're not welcome there. People with thirty plus years clean, uh, because they're not welcome there because of, of how they're going to be berated in the meeting. Our conduct with each other. Uh, the still suffering addict is is the most important person in that room but by our traditions by our steps it's me by our traditions it's it's that still suffering addict and that's that's not always the newcomer that that's the old timer sometimes that's the old timer a lot of the time uh for the last year and a half sometimes i've been that still suffering addict not not in that i'm using but that man I'm, i've been going through some shit uh and thank god i i have a loving fellowship uh to come to because i don't know what i'd do without it and there's people out there that do not have that. Uh, you hit a lot of good stuff there, okay? All right? Uh, our behavior, uh, you know, and uh, I'm gonna just look at our site, okay? When I break, when I took over, become a monitor. That's one of the areas I had to clear up because what you're talking about was happening there. You know, and them are the same members. A lot of them are the same members that left our site that are on Facebook doing them same things Chubbs is talking about. You know, basically attacking one another viciously. Uh, and it's a little bit more vile than some of the things Chubbs is saying that was that was actually happening. 
Okay, and that's yeah. one thing I had when I took over our site. Uh, and I say I took it over it's because they uh, they made me an owner and they made me a monitor there. And uh, one of our own monitors, you know, quit the site because of his behavior. And I because I had to privately talk with him about the behavior he was doing and them same type of things and cursing people out and stuff like that. And uh, I said, you know, it's unacceptable if we cannot dialogue as adults in conversation and uh, mutually uh, disagree without being disagreeable and talk about the issues, what are we doing here? I mean, really, what are we doing here if we can't discuss issues and be an adult-like sense and say, hey, I don't agree with you and give the points and leave it go, you know, and just surrender it and say, hey, it's, you know, we can disagree without being disagreeable on this issue. We we totally see different in this world. But if you want to discuss it privately, we can do that, okay? Uh, but uh, the situation at hand is, this is the information I have. Do you have any different information that can that I don't have? Please share it with me, you know, without having to curse one another out. I mean, I had that same issue on, on the mother sites where one guy was basically attacking my ex-sponsor and uh, calling him homophobic. You know, and I was just like, where did you ever come up with such a thing? And then he was attacking me openly on a site. And I and I private emailed him and said, hey, hold it. I don't know what's going on with your life, but, uh, you know, it's real simple. It's 30 years later. If, if we're in the program and we're working the steps, something had to change you know, for us to be here this long. And this person used to be a board of trustee member, and people look at him in a highly regarding manner, but yet they're seeing that behavior. And as, as you're saying, these, a lot of newcomers are on, these, are on these sites, and they're watching it. And that's why I go privately and say, hold it, let's discuss it privately. Let's talk about these issues. What's going on here that you seem to have to violate my amity and pack my, my dead sponsor, okay? And, and uh and there's not a bone in my that sponsor's body that was anything, as you say, and it was over this old four-step inventory guide, okay, because uh, uh, he blamed my sponsor for the partner that says, uh, you know, uh, on the sexual issues, okay? How could he have uh, homosexuality in there? And then I shared with him, well, he'd be glad it was there, okay? And I tried to tell you that in 84, you know, you got to be happy it was in there for a person like me that dealt that, that uh, you know, my past behavior, you know, and he said, well, you know, you're the only man that I felt would have ever killed me. I said, well, 30 years ago could have happened, okay? But 30 years later, I don't think I'm that man, okay? <laughs> you know, so you're projecting something that happened in 81 on me. You're projecting something that happened in, in 83 when this, this inventory guide was written and how that saved my life and, and how I interact with people by having these sheer words in here that are in that sexual issue that I had to deal with these issues. I had to look at myself and look at my patterns and, and how I was affected by these things and how I don't have to be affected by them today. I said, so, but for the grace of God, that was in there. So, and and that guy made amends to me, and he did it publicly in a at a, a history weekend in Western PA, he met me for lunch and stuff, and there were a whole bunch of people there with 30-plus years sitting at the table even. And he made his amends to me, and I know he chose to do it at that table 
for a reason. He wanted the other people to see that this relationship was healed and that he was totally apologetic for his behavior on, on Facebook and his attacks on, on Greg and myself publicly. He wanted to do that in public so people would understand that he had made these amends and was correct in his behavior. You know, and, uh, and it was a very difficult point of time to go through because of the behavior of NA members publicly like this and how we affect everyone. And that's what I discussed with him at that table, that all of us with this clean time should be very aware of that when we're on these sites. You know, we're the ones, I mean, that they're looking to, and they see us in the reacting in this manner, how does it affect us as a whole? And that goes back to the other question on 23 also, how does that affect us as a whole? Are we willing to take and have these discussions and openly discuss them without having to be uh, violent and, and condemning? And there are some people out there that are that way, and there's nothing you can do about it. I don't even visit them sites because of it, okay? Uh, you know, I stay away from them sites, you know, because I see the harm they're doing, and I watch newcomers. I do scan them, and I see newcomers on there that I contact. Also, again, I contact these newcomers privately and let them know they're right in their sense. It's wrong what's going on, and I would stay away from that them, them type of sites where they're having them type of discussions because they do harm you. And if you're going to be on the Internet, find some sites that are going to be supportive of your recovery. You know, and stay away from that type of interaction where people are condemning you and they don't even know who they're talking to. Because when you're behind the, the computer, you're behind the keyboard, or you're on your cell phone, and you're just pressing buttons and stuff, and uh, you have to you remember that can be instant, and once it's out there, it's out there. And you can affect a lot of people with that behavior. You know, and, uh, it, it is a discussion we need to have as a whole in the groups with our membership and say, hey, let's look at it this year. Can we talk about this here openly and not harm one another? Yeah. Anybody sure. else want to dialogue there? Okay, how does this tradition relate to giving advice? Well, this tradition itself, the 11th tradition, is dealing with our public relation policy, I mean, our public information and our conduct in public, okay? on the internet and things like that there, okay, is what we're dealing with, okay. Uh, you know, and uh, when it says to give an advice, in, in, we don't give advice when we're in the public, in a sense, when we're doing public information work at all. And when I'm, when I'm talking about and getting the information out, we're not giving advice, we're giving information. We're not getting in that dialogue of advising people in any form. We're just providing information on narcotics anonymous, how we operate, how we can better serve, and uh, this is what we do. This is how we operate, and that's the only thing we should be doing when we're dealing with uh, the eleven tradition, because uh, you know uh, it's we're not concerning ourselves with with uh, with giving advice within this tradition. I mean, we should never give advice in the program to start with, but in this tradition, explicitly what is dealing with our public relation policy based on attraction rather than promotion, we always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. So what it's saying, what is about attraction? 
the thing about advising, you know, we as addicts sometimes want to give advice, and that's not our place. You know, it's not our place to give advice. It's our place. We're providing information of Narcotics Anonymous, how are we providing it, and how you can find us. And there are people, when you're on these uh, public information deals, getting that information are going to want advice, and, and you have to basically let them know that's not what our program does. We're, you know, we try to provide an attractive thing, and what's attractive is our recovery. We recover from disease of addiction. We do not get involved in public issues and debates in them issues. We might personally have opinions on them, but we avoid them personal opinions. When we're dealing with this area, we do not give advice in any form. And that's uh, it's the only way I can see how this you know, goes with this tradition in any form. When it says advice, okay, uh, how does that go with this tradition? We don't give it. You know, we don't give advice, even though we may want to. You know, and, and I know because when I've done public information work, in many levels, they wanted advice. Well, how would you deal with this? Well, personally, this is how we deal with uh, uh, helping addicts, is what I'll tell them. This is what we do. You know, and I go right to what's Narcotics Anonymous program. And this is our benefit. We support one another. And that's all this stuff I give them. We're not there to give them advice on how they should operate their programs or anything when we're giving public information uh, presentations to them. You know, we don't give parents advice on how to deal with their children. You know, and, and I know that's times where I, I, I've seen NA members want to do that there. And we need to stay away from that. Hey, what can we do to help? And is your child ready for us or not? I mean, simple as that. You know, uh, we're not there to give them advice on how to intervene in their child's life, okay? Uh, we're here. If your child's willing to sit down with us, and we're willing to sit with your child when it comes to doing 12-step work. You know, um, we're not there to plan and plot interventions, and I know that's what I've seen addicts want to do at times when we're on these type of calls. You know, um, you know, we have to watch that. Okay, uh, I just let the parents know there is another program out there. Okay, um, you know, and uh, that for them, you know, and they might want to contact certain things. They can find them in, hopefully, they can find it in their phone books and not look up the word. Uh, nor not, okay, because uh, it's it's an area that we don't deal with. We don't deal with the support for the, the non-addict that's dealing with us, okay? We deal with the addict himself. And if they're ready, we we will sit down with them when they're ready, okay, not before time. You know, if your child wants to sit down or your spouse wants to sit down with us, let us know. We're not going to give you advice on how to deal with them, though. That's what I find out when you're doing public information work that you come across at times. And that's why I always look at it, that you have to sit down in your groups and discuss and do a mock presentation sometimes of interacting with, with non-addicts with, with, when you're dealing with your public information stuff, you know, and discussing, you know, these issues, you know, where do we cross the line and giving advice, when to advice or when is it information, and discussing that stuff within the groups and talking about it it's because you do cross into these areas out there when you're doing public information work. Yeah, and, and as far as advice goes, we, we are dealing specifically within a framework of this tradition, um, public information, uh, and, and how we how we deal with that as a fellowship. I want to respectfully maybe disagree just a tiny bit on um, whether or not we ever do give advice. And, and maybe it's more in uh, 
the definition. Because if I go into a meeting and I ask, now we definitely don't give advice on what you should do with your finances, you know, how you should raise your kids, these outside issues. But when I come into a meeting and I ask for help with an issue that's relating to my recovery, I'm asking for advice. Now, I don't want you to give me advice on something you haven't done. That's where we keep it to experience strength and hope. And maybe there's a difference, you know, maybe this is more about the definition. But uh, I'm asking for your experience, strength, and hope because I, I want to do what you did. I want to take your – you are advising me on how you conduct yourself and how you not only stay clean but, but have a happy life. And, and, and uh, I understand when we say not, no advice giving in meetings because there is this line we cross when we start saying you should instead of I did. Um, but there's, there is an area – that I feel like we do ask for advice, and I, I ask for advice for every sponsor I have ever had. I've asked for advice. They don't always give it, but I've asked for advice, and, and sometimes I have gotten uh, advice on what I should do. Uh, uh, many times I've gotten advice on what I should do with with, with regard to a specific issue, and it's, it, it's never been um, phrased in terms of you should do this, but it's, it's in terms of a simple program, we just got to change everything. Anyone else got anything here on this one? Yes. I, I just, uh, the reason I asked this question, you know, it's, uh, um, I, I think you guys hit it perfectly. You know, it's uh, one of those things that, uh, you know, control and manipulation is one of the things that I know that addicts have huge problems with and, and building our ego up. And, uh, you know, seeing how we can actually hurt other people by trying to force things on them and by trying to, uh, um, you know, instead of practicing that of attraction rather than promotion, you know, and, and it does, you know, the, the actual tradition does actually relate to basically how we deal with the public and stuff. Um, I did want to read a, a paragraph from the Gray Book, though, right after, because I think it sums it up pretty well. Um, this is kind of what I was looking for. Um, this tradition also deals with our relationship to those outside the fellowship. It tells us how we should relate to the addict who still suffers, and it tells us how to conduct our efforts at the public level. This is meaning for dealing with both potential members and the general public. We have learned the value of teaching by example rather than by direction or rather than direction. This has worked for us and we utilize this principle when we work with other addicts. Our message is most obvious in our lives. In this sense, we are the message. When working with a newcomer, we try to tell them where we came from and what has happened to us. If they can identify with us and if they want what we have to offer, then they may join us. This is attraction. We never, we never promise anything other than a chance to stop using if they want to. This is all we really have to offer, and to make any other promise would be to distract from our primary purpose. Um, you know, and I, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of times over the years, people have, uh, they've, they've tried doing much more than just giving their experience, strength, and health, you know. It, it is very attractive to me. When somebody says, look, this is where I've been, this is what I did, this is what I did wrong, this is, you know, now that I can see it, this is, 
what I would change from what I did. You know, to me, that is attractive. You know, but when you got people to come in and they try telling you stuff that, you know, uh, they have no idea on, you know, it's like, well, why are you even telling me this? You don't even have a clue on this, you know. And uh, um, I've had sponsors over the year that have told me to talk with another addict that had experience in an area, and it really helped me with that because, you know, it it was that, that therapy is value when I'm helping another. Somebody had been through a similar situation, and, uh, you know, and I think it goes directly into that public information, you know, the making sure that we're only giving information. We're not trying to, we're not trying to be something we're not, you know, and uh, um, I think you guys hit it pretty pretty right on. So. But that's all I got. Anybody else there? Anybody else there? Okay. Uh, because I don't think, uh, again, I don't think uh, there's any disagreement there, okay? All right. Uh, I think it's a different approach on what Chubbs was talking about, okay? All right. Uh, you know, that it comes to personal stuff, personal words that we use within the Fellowship Narcotics Anonymous that are important to us. You know, and, uh, when we're dealing with, uh, you know, you know, my sponsors have always talked to me about helping me and giving me experience, strength, and hope on their recovery. But this tradition doesn't deal with that area. This tradition deals with our public relation policy and how we interact with the public when it comes to this here question. You know, uh, you know, how does this tradition relate to giving advice? There's other traditions that talk about that other area, okay, where we share our experience, strength, and hope on on a end recovery. And we do, uh, you know, if you want to take it as advice or not take it as advice, it's up to you, okay? I mean, because I'll basically let you know, hey, if you don't want to follow this direction that, I'm, that, uh, that I followed, okay, then you let me know if you found a better way, okay? Last night I hung up on one of my sponsors over that discussion, and I just told him apparently he didn't want my help, and thank you. I'll gladly uh, say goodbye at this moment, okay, because this conversation's going nowhere. You know, and I've got no problem doing that there because I'm not going to be argumentative with the person. You know, and, uh, you know, and he wants to hear something that I'm not willing to say. You know, and I'm and I'm not willing to give him that type of, of I'm not going to tell I'm not going to tell him what to do. I'm going to tell him on how I come to that solution on how I would deal with an issue instead. And and it kept coming back, well, you need to tell me exactly what to do. I'm not going to tell you that, okay? You need to come to a clear, conscious decision on what you feel comfortable and how to deal with these issues. You know, it, uh, it's how I try to sponsor people because the way I've been sponsored. You know, and, uh, we have to be very aware of that, how we affect people. And I'm not going to allow someone to have that ability to come back and say, well, Bill said this is what I need to do, so I did it and it didn't work. No, you need to own what you do in life. You need to own what the decisions that you make 
I will help you get to that point of decision-making process through, through doing inventory and what you're comfortable with and what you can do and can't do. You're going to have to decide on that there in the long run because you are responsible for your own recovery, not me. You know, and that's the area that we have to be very aware of. I mean, I give people choices when I sponsor people, and I like doing that there. Choices are better than my than me just telling them, hey, this is what you need to do now. You know, uh, there's a, some people say, should I get out of the relationship? Well, you got to make that decision, okay? I can't tell for you. How long do you want to hang on to it? It's up to you, though, at times. You know, how much pain can you handle? You know, to, you, to resolve the issues and the conflict that's inside yourselves. You know, and them are the areas I'll go over with them. But I will not tell them that this is something they need to do because it may not be. They may have to go through a long period of conflict resolution and come to that point in understanding. And they may come to that point and make that decision. However, they will have resolved all, all of their avenues. And then when they're comfortable, they'll make the decision whether they should or shouldn't. And I'll, I'll be there along the road to help them through that. You know, uh, but that's what it comes down to a lot of times. But when it comes to this tradition, that their advice, we don't give advice in any form in this tradition when we're doing public information work. You know, we have to watch it that we don't do it, okay? So that's what I see there. And the next question is, what does this tradition point to attractive to potential members? What does this tradition point to being attractive to potential members? <clears throat> is our conduct. Okay. Uh, did they respect us when we're doing public information work? Are we attractive when they walk into our meetings? Because I always talk with our groupers times. We're the only thing they'll ever see of a, of a recovering addict is right here tonight. And what's our conduct? What's our inner reaction with one another in the meeting? So I do take it to the meeting level there with this tradition, you know, because, uh, you know, when you, right now we got an explosion of people coming from other areas to our group, okay, because of what's going on in Narcotics Anonymous as a whole. And they're not, the meetings they're going to are not attractive, and they're searching for attractive meetings again where they can feel comfortable in recovery again. You know, and uh, so all of a sudden we got where the group they're coming to from the surrounding areas. And uh, I think we discussed a lot of these issues throughout the traditions uh, so far with uh, the court signing stuff and all this other stuff that's going on, the drug replacement therapies and things that are happening within the rooms. And that's why they're coming there, because they feel safe. They feel they're not going to, uh, they're not being watched over. Uh, there's no court slippers in our room. There's no, uh, there's no, no acceptance of DRTs and MATs in our room as being clean. And our room is not overrun with that type of behavior in our group. So now we got people with, you know, 17 years, 25 years, clean time coming to our meeting all of a sudden that would have never come to our meeting before because we were that meeting that you stayed away from. And I uh, laughed because a girl called me up last week on a Saturday saying, I need to talk with you. I need to hear it from you, okay? And I'm thinking, okay, what, where are we going now? You were just at our meeting last night. As you all know, I want to thank you first. It was a great Narcotics Anonymous meeting. She said, for everything I've been told, it's been the best meeting I've been at in a long time, and we're coming back. But she wanted to talk with some other issues that they were dealing with, 
and because their area was talking about our group. And she wanted to hear why we left that area to start with, and I told her, I said, it's real simple. It had nothing to do with the baby blue. It had nothing to do with the old literature that we're studying. And she said, well, that's great because I need to, I just want to know because there, there are still battering use here, and I want to be able to tell them, hey, I was at a real Narcotics Anonymous meeting last night, and it was a great meeting. You know, and so that's the attraction of the meeting. That's what attracted her. She said, that was all I heard was about the desperation is why people are there, and they're there for recovery. They're there for help. And she said, that made it for me, just listening to that, that there were people there willing to go to any length to help a newcomer stay clean. And she said, and that's what the meeting was about. I said, well, you come to a, a, one of our special meetings. We had a, we had a, a six-year and, 11, I mean, again, an 11-year celebration with another newcomer, you know, get picking up a six-month uh, dog tag that we give out. You know, and um, and it was an attractive meeting. We we kept it on target. We, you know, we kept it on target. Uh, I read a couple pieces out of the great book because I shared for a while because uh, uh, the two celebrants wanted me to speak. So I shared about how I got here, basically through desperation. I talked about what kept me here and why I'm here today yet and, what you know, what, what the recovery process is and how by studying these old documents it really gets me in touch with early recovery and what our primary purpose is about as a group, and that's what keeps me in this group. So I shared about them issues instead. You know, and, uh, it was a really good meeting, and it brought them back. They were back this week, and they brought more people with them from four different areas. So uh, there was about 40 people in our home group this past Friday night. You know, and, uh, yeah, and, and, and they all said they're coming back, that it's really a great meeting. And they're sorry they never, ever attended it before, you know, uh, that they were kept away from us. And so we just keep there being an attraction. Rather than promoting, we're being an attraction in, our, in what our group does. And we're sticking to our primary purpose of Narcotics Anonymous and what our, we, we apply these traditions. And I shared about that when I spoke about the traditions and how we apply these traditions in all our affairs, you know, and uh, how it works for us as a group and what our primary purpose is and every, you know, went through all of it. And, uh, we, you know, I was not there because what, what this tradition points to is being attracted to potential members. Any of these members walking through our door are potential members, you know, in the way we look at it. Anyone that walks through our door, we have to be attractive for them to stay. We got to be attractive to bring them back again and that they'll want to come back and participate with us. And I look at the, the group being the front line to public information. When an addict walks through your door and they're, they're there to get help, our job is to give them help in that sense and be that attraction rather than promoting to them, but they, they should want to stay with us. And that's the same thing that we're out doing public information. We're providing information on what Narcotics Anonymous is, how we can provide it, and being attractive. I mean, when I first started doing public information, I was, I was, I had long hair. I was, uh, I was uh, strapped down in leathers yet. I took my leathers off. I got my hair cut and I put a suit on. And my wife looked at me and she said, what are you doing? I said, well, I got to go out and talk about Narcotics Anonymous. I said, so I think I can't look like the way I've been looking. I need to at least have some form that I am productive in a manner and I change, you know, when it does public information stuff, I look the part. 
you know, when I go out and do PI. I don't look like, and I'm not saying you need a suit on, but that's something in my past that I was taught to wear a suit. You know, and, uh, you can be dressed nicely without having a suit on. It still look, uh, you know, uh, still look that you're a productive member of society. But it's the way I chose to, to, to present myself when I went out and did PI work. And what I did is I focused on the headings, which I call the headers in the basic text, which were the little white book back then. And I and I went off the little white book format of, you know, why are we here, um, you know, who's an addict and what's the NA program and how it works. Simple, that's all I ever presented. You know, I went over them things, and I'm here because I have the disease of addiction and I needed help. And what, what help did I receive? I had other addicts helping me with how to live a productive life through the steps. You know, what keeps us together is traditions. That's how this, uh, you know, we bind together to carry a message, you know, and carry out our purpose. And what is our purpose to help a suffering addict, you know, find that they can also stay clean. And that's what I focused on. You know, and that's how that, uh, that attraction comes to this here, in my mind. You know, um, you know, to be attractive to the potential member. And we don't know who they are. You know, we might be doing PI work, and that might be the potential member. We're doing the public information work. They may be the potential member to us. We always, we don't know, you know, uh, just because they're in the position doesn't mean they're not an addict. You know, and uh, and I've had that happen with the person we actually were sitting down talking about narcotics and violence ended up in our program. You know, and then they look at me like, yeah, uh, thank you for, for doing that presentation. You know, I feel I can be comfortable here that you're not going to violate my anonymity. I said, you're right. I'm not going to go back to your job and let them know that you're one of us, okay? Don't worry about it. You know, and they smile, okay? So you've got to be very aware that you don't know who the potential addict is also. Anybody? Anybody there? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I'm still here, Bill. Oh, I thought everyone left me. I'm like, what the heck? Am I talking to myself? <laughs> we, we've all learned how to use our mute button. <laughs> anyone get anything on this? Nobody? I, I think you pretty much covered it. I mean, the two questions kind of went back to back, you know, and they they backed each other up, and you you hit them, you know, you hit everything that that I wanted to hear. So I I don't have anything else to. Okay. Well, let me get my glasses back on then. Okay. Because we should be almost done. Let me see where are we at. Uh, twenty-six. What does this tradition point to being attracted to the potential member? We just went over that. So twenty-seven. How does one tell the difference between attraction and promotion? I think we answered that earlier in the traditions, but I'm going to just say the difference is between attraction and promotion. Attraction is we're presenting ourselves on what we do, how we operate. Okay. Promotion is trying to sell, have a selling point, okay? 
watch uh, you watch many of promotions on TV and commercials, okay? And if we put a if we have a public information announcement, it's really short. Hey, got a drug problem? We can help. And that's as simple as it is. Here's our phone number. Here's how you find us. There's no catch twenty two to it. We don't promise you that you're going to be get clean. We're just telling you, hey, we can help. Call us. Yeah, we're not uh, promising. Uh, like uh, a lot of these rehabilitation centers says, oh, they have a cure for re- they have a cure for addiction now. We don't have a cure, okay? And we don't go out there and tell people we have a cure for addiction. We have a solution for a problem if you want help. All right. We we do have a solution, and that solution is going to be up to you. And we we let them know that we're here, and that they want our way of life. Okay, uh, we're here to help them, and that's all we we do. We don't get wrapped up in any of the other stuff, you know, out there. So I think that uh, it's very self-explanatory. Uh, you know, and I don't know what you know uh, else we could cover in that area. Okay. Yeah, you know, because I think so, we covered a lot. Of oh, sorry. Yeah, we did address that pretty heavily at at points already. So uh, I really don't know what else to cover in that area there, unless there's other people that want to chime in and share a little bit that haven't shared. Okay. I think that the uh, one of the things that I think with these that make it the most clear right at the beginning of uh, how it works. If you want what we have to offer and are willing to make an effort to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. You know, it's not simple. It's really a step for our solution and, you know, it's it's pretty simple. So, you know, it's kind of just getting into it. So we don't we don't need to we don't need to promote anything. We just need to be attractive to, to others and just be there. You know, our message speaks for itself. That's all I had on it. Anybody else? Uh, I agree with what you said there. You know, we we don't have anything to to prove in that sense. As uh, as Eric said, our message speaks for itself and. Uh, no, we we can uh, as discussed earlier. We it's how we conduct ourselves and how we behave, and you know what message we put out there. You know. Uh, yeah, I just yeah. I think the and this is the simplest way I broke it down. This doesn't like cover the question in depth, but. Uh, I remember I do the way I kind of answered that as far as putting it in its simplest form on the one of the previous podcasts was, you know, uh, uh, attraction is here's what NA did for me. Promotion is here's what NA can do for you. Yeah, it, it's maybe not even here what NA did for me. It's it's here's what I did. Here's where I was. Here's where I'm at. Um, but, yeah, anytime it's here's what NA can do for you, but mention the selling points. And to me, it's that simple. And you know what? I, I got a pretty good gut feeling when I'm engaging in promotion. We we start to feel icky, I think, when we go to that place. Uh, as soon as we start going, as soon as we start crossing over into that.
Anyone got any closing statements they'd like to make? If not, I'd like to thank you guys for the completion of the 11-step podcast. And uh, I please ask you, once you listen to all of them, to please start discussing these issues within your group and uh, coming to some resolutions within the groups. And, uh, you know, we can have more dialogue on, on uh, you know, uh, together privately and through, uh, through uh, communication uh, you know, online, we can discuss these issues even further, okay, if we need to, okay, and want to, okay? So thank you for allowing me to participate.